Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing or the manifestation of the sons of God. How many sons and daughters of God do we have here? For the creation was subject to the emptiness or fertility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together unto now. Another translation says that all creation is waiting with anticipation to see the manifestation of the sons of God. And another translation says all of creation is standing on its tiptoes waiting to see a real life son of God. Why don't you go ahead and pinch yourself so that you can see, say, I'm a real live son and daughter of God. Amen. You're a real live son and daughter of God. And the world is manifesting. And you know, the world has been trying to make the church for a long time look like the Looney Tunes. I mean, just a bunch of loony things and this and that and the other. But I believe that God is doing some maturity and some things in, in you and I in the body, in the body around the world, to where the world is going to hear and see. And they're going to be asking the, the church for the wisdom, the knowledge. And even like right now, they're asking the church to give its blessing. And God can take the most littlest thing and make it to the biggest thing. Because why? God wants the world to see the children of God. Like we were talking about what's happening now with another uh, hotel and possibility another one and all kind of other things. You know, churches used to be known for being on the backside of the town and far away and out of sight. And now God decides to start putting churches on major highways and surrounding them with businesses. Why? Because He wants to reveal to the world that we're not the underclass, but we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And that we are blessed and He wants to bless them. Amen, church. But there are things we've got to see so that His glory will be manifested. And look with me. Hold your place here, but look with me. Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to read this scripture to you. Ephesians chapter 1. Just a few pages over. Verse 11. I want to read this in the Amplified Bible. Ephesians 1 verse 11 to amplify, in him we also were made God's heritage portion, and we obtained an inheritance, for we had been foreordained, chosen, appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose. Say his purpose. Who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and the design of his own will. He's got a counsel and a, His will is already established for all of your lives. He's got a plan and a purpose already preordained to where for your life to, smoke, to, to be used mightily so that others will see that God is manifesting on the inside of you. Amen. The whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God and you have received an inheritance. Now back to Romans chapter 8 verse 18 in the Amplified Bible. It says... That it says that the glory that is about to be revealed in us and in us and for us and conferred on us. There is a blessing on the inside of you. There is a blessing pronounced upon you from God Himself. And there is something awesome and magnificent that God is doing because people need to be touched by the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. You know, we had the Louisiana outpouring last week. 
And Thursday night, this man came running to me, and I didn't recognize him at first. And he came running to me, a number of people did, but he came and he hugged me. And he says, you probably don't remember me, but you gave me and my wife a word last a year when we were here. He says, I didn't come to see any of the speakers. I came to see you. Because my wife and I had already wrote up our letter of resignation before we came to the outpouring last year. We were quitting. We were tired. Everything was going against us. And you gave us a word. You didn't know us from anybody because they're from Arkansas. You gave us a word and you, you, you encouraged us. And we went back and the churches started growing. And now we're going to have a conference with five states represented with over 400 pastors. And we want you to come and be one of the key speakers. Uh, this year. So it's amazing what God can do. And all you have to do is just flow and obey and say, Lord, I just want to be used by you. It's amazing the words you can give to someone. Just even off to the side, the Lord just giving words of knowledge and words of wisdom and giving hope to someone. Like, it's not over. It's not finished. God has great things planned. But He says that His will, His counsel, and His purpose is already established. So I want you to look with me back in Romans chapter 8. And I want you to see something here. Because how many know the Lord wants us to grow in sonship? Amen? Jesus grew in sonship and we've got to grow in sonship. And look at verse 14. How many want to be a son of God? How many are a son and daughter of God? Okay, so what's the manifestation of that? Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, if so that we suffer with Him, we may also be glorified together. Amen. Now I want you to write down that word, led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. I want to show you in the Word today how important that word is. Now that word, as many as are led, that word means to be governed. As many that are governed and controlled by the word already spoken in counsel of God. How many of you know, if we do things God's ways, we'll have God's results. We do things our ways, we'll have our own results. Uh, there may be a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of it is death. So we want to learn how to be led. But listen to this, that word led, get ready for this. That word led means the specific time celebrated in heaven and on earth. As many that celebrate the right moment of God are the sons of God. God wants you celebrating what He has already preordained for you to have. The time that we come to church is a time of celebration. The time that our, our wives give birth to our children, that's a time of celebration. But there are moments that when you help somebody, when you give to the poor and the needy, when we do something for some missionary coming through, or whatever we may be doing, even on a trip or something like that, it's a time preordained by God to be celebrated. When you came to this church and you joined this church, it was a time celebrated in heaven because you came to fulfill the purpose and calling of God and His purpose for your life. You didn't choose this church just to choose a church. You were led by the Spirit of God to this church for a time to be celebrated. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they shall celebrate by the leading of God into that purpose. But that word led also means something declared. That word led means to dream. For as many as dream, the celebration or the appointed times of God are the sons of God. 
You see, the reason many times we forget our dreams or we put them on the back part of our mind or we give up on life is because the enemy is terrified of the dreams that you've been dreaming. The enemy is terrified of you praying and having a desire and a dream to see the dead raised, the blind see, the lame walk. He is terrified of the dreams of seeing expansion and build, the church building buildings three, four, five, six stories high. He's terrified of dreams of reaching thousands upon thousands of children. He's terrified of the dreams of your business prospering and you being blessed and helping people all over the world. He's terrified of the dreams of you having a good marriage so you can end up helping others who are battling in their marriage. He, ha- he he is terrified of the dream that you have of having a good and a complete marriage because if you have a good marriage, that means your children are going to grow up secure. They're going to be successes and the body of Christ is going to conquer this world. The devil has been trying just to tear down and tear apart the dreams of the body of Christ because it did that with Joseph. What will become of his dreams? But even when the enemy was attacking his dreams, his dreams still came true. You've got to continue dreaming and you've got to continue believing as many as are led by the Spirit of God. That word led means to be made known. But listen to this. The word led means when he who gives the message and the message itself and the one who's to receive the message become one. The word led means when God, his word for you and you Become one. There's such a relationship and an intimacy because we have received this spirit whereby we cry, Daddy, Father. And we have received an inheritance from above, His plans and His purposes. And there has to be a oneness. We receive the word of life and we become the word of life. We receive the Word of God in our hearts and we become the living Word of God written and spoken into our hearts to transform our mind. The word led means that God desires something for you. He speaks that Word to you and then you receive it and the three become one. It's the same way when He speaks the Word of healing. He says, I've sent my Word and healed you. And you receive the Word. And when you receive the Word, hey, you receive the One who sent the Word. You hear me? Wednesday night we were teaching in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And the last thing I left the people, that many times we live in the time like when Jesus was teaching. And He says, you've heard it said, but I now say to you. You've heard it said, and you might have heard many different things. God doesn't heal today. God doesn't bless today. God's a God who's afar off. God killed your child. God killed uh, your mom, your dad. You might have heard many things, but Jesus says, you might have heard this and that and the other, but I say to you. And as many as are led, or as many as are hearing and listening intently to the voice of God, they are the sons and daughters of God, or they live as the manifested sons and daughters of God. This is a time where we've got to get in tune like we've never gotten in tuned before. Amen? The priests had to walk barefoot. That means they had to keep, listen church, they had to keep their sensitivity. They had to walk barefoot in the presence of God. They were called the barefoot priesthood because they walked sensitive before God. That's how we've got to walk in our relationships with the Lord, in a sensitivity that we feel anything that is not right between me and my Heavenly Father, I'm getting it out of the way. When I was a young man, how many of you ever seen that uh, 
that show Kung Fu. And remember, he could not graduate till he could walk across the rice paper. And when he got, when Grasshopper finally got across that rice paper and turned around and looked, and he had not broken that rice paper, he was able to continue on and leave that place and graduate. Well, we've got to walk in such a sensitivity before the Lord at this hour, at this time, that we've got to be walking to where we can hear His voice and we can be walking according to His plans. Because when I'm walking in tune with God, I'm going to have some celebrating going on. As many as are led by the Spirit of God they're going to have some celebrating going on. They're going to have some victories in their life. And I'm going to prove this to you. Let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. Listen, don't let your mind wander this morning. Listen to what I've got to tell you. It's so important. More, it's so important. How many of you know, it's not only did we cross over, it's not only crossing over into 08, it's how we cross over. And we, we have to cross over with a desire to have the mind of Christ and a spirit of sensitivity like never before. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Look at verse 9 now. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and what? New things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I'll tell you of them. How many know God is into new things? Look at chapter 43, verse 18. Chapter 43, verse 18. Because you never say, God is into new things. So the things you've been experiencing doesn't mean that's the things that God's ordained for you. He's got, or he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, 13, He's got an expected in it. He's got good things established for you. So if you've been going through a hard time and you've been going through a difficult time, God is into new things and He's into new things this year. Now Isaiah 43, verse 18 says, it says it again. God repeats it for you to get a vision of it. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls, so forth and so on. Because it says in verse 21, this people have I formed for myself and they show forth. My praise, the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, in chapter 43, uh, there in verse uh, 19, it says, Behold, I will do. Write down the word do. D-O. Write down that word from verse 19, do. I want to give you the definition in the Hebrew here for this. Because you see, I want you to take these notes. I want you to get the tape. And I want you to go back and listen to it over and over again. Because if we don't get fine-tuned the first of this year into the things of God, there's going to be some things we miss. It was, you know, we had some people that, we had some staff changes and we had some things happen in, in May and June. But do you know last January the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to do some changes and I'm giving so-and-so one more chance. I'm going to give him one more chance to get on to the, the, uh, the flow of my spirit. And the Lord talked, told me three things. He told it to me in January, but nothing happened till May or June. Why? The spirit has his time. And it didn't all of a sudden, they said, well, look what happened. It just didn't happen. 
God spoke to me two years ago about some things to pray about. But in January of last year, He says, I'm going to do something and you be ready to obey. How many know sometimes we're not going to understand everything that God tells us, but I know that God knows more than I know. And I want Him to have His way. Now this word do means to create. Behold, I will create new things. Build new things. That word do means I will accomplish new things. I will fulfill. That word do means I will fulfill new things. But it also means I will create it out of nothing. Well, how is this going to happen? Leave that to me, says God. You just stay yielded. You stay insensitive before me. Don't worry about how it's going to come to pass. Don't worry about how he's going to change. Don't worry about how it's going to work out. I'll create something out of nothing. I'll deal with that husband of yours during the night when he's sleeping. And you've had him prayed for. You've got, you've got 20 handkerchiefs under the mattress. You've anointed that bed 150 times. But I'll do a new thing. And he'll wake up in the morning, get up and fix coffee, and call you honey. And you think, what in the world is going on with you? Why? Because I'll create a new thing out of nothing. But he doesn't love me anymore. He told me he doesn't love me anymore. Oh, but I can change that, says the Lord. He told me he'll never come to church again. Oh, but I'll create new things out of nothing. He's, you see a cold, hard, indifferent person? I see someone subject to change because I'll do new things. You just hold on. Don't quit and don't give up. How many of you know when he says, I'll do new things, God says, and I don't even need your permission. I'm not even asking your permission because I have my counsel and way already established. All you've got to do is hear and flow with it. You hear me? Before they appear, I'll do it. But God wants me to know. Write this down. If you're in the know, you'll be in the flow. If you're in the know, you'll be in the flow. Amen. How many know God hates darkness? He doesn't want you wondering, oh, what am I supposed to do? He wants you to give a man, he wants you to have a manifestation of his will for you. You know, they say one time, uh, j- just to talk about, you know, the importance of uh, getting the mind of Christ. That they had the brain of a lady for sale. Do you know how much that brain was for sale for? $20,000. And then they had the brain of her husband for sale. Do you know how much it paid? It, it went... Well, the, the, the lady, I'm sorry. Do you know how much the lady's brain went for? $500. Do you know how much the brain of the husband went for? $20,000. You know why? It wasn't used. That's not true, man. But our brains are worth $20,000, amen? But he wants to get the, us, for us to have the mind of Christ to learn to flow with him, to, to hear and know what, what he wants us to do. How many know God is the God? He loves to travel. He loves to move. He's the God who will take you on the journey like Enoch, that the closer you get to him, not that you will not be, but the things surrounding you will not be no more as we walk with God. Write this down, the word purpose. The word purpose, because he said he set his purpose in order. The word purpose means the reason something is done or created or exists. The reason that something is done or created or exists. I want you to look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 1. 
And I, 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 I encourage you to do a study of Mount Horeb. All the time that the children of Israel went by Mount Horeb. But I want you to see something here in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6, it says, The Lord our God spake unto us. I want you to see something. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak something specially to you. Why? Because when He speaks to you, it activates His will and His word in your heart. It says, And the Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and to the high places there. And look at verse 8. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He took them to the place of Mount Horeb. Now, in Exodus chapter 3, Horeb is where God spoke to Moses through the burning bush. Horeb is where Moses came down and through the Ten Commandments. You go through all the different things that Mount Horeb meant. And he says, you have been 40 years around this Mount Horeb. Now, when you look up the definition for Horeb, is the word waste. You have been around this area of waste too long. I didn't call you to live in a place of waste. I've called you to live in a place of blessing. You've been in here long enough, and now I want to lead you out of what seems to be a waste into what I promised you, into the blessing. And you may say, well, you know, I feel like Moses. It's been like 40 years. Well, listen, it might have took Moses 40 years, but I've got good news for you. How many of you knew Moses didn't have the Holy Ghost like you've got the Holy Ghost? Moses didn't have the New Covenant like you've got the New Covenant. Moses didn't have the... 66 books of the Bible, like he only had five. You got 66 books of the Bible. You have translations. You have CDs. You have tapes. You have a church. He didn't have a church to go and, and receive the Word of God like you do. He didn't have the fivefold ministry to minister to him like you do. It might have took him 40 years, but listen, I can tell you right now that God doesn't have a plan that's going to take you 40 years to get into it. He's got a plan to wake it up and create it and bring it to fulfillment into you in a matter of minutes. He can change things. And bring things out of nothing into a minute. But he's saying, you have spent enough time in that area of waste. Or in other words, you have wasted enough time in front of the TV and not in my word. You have wasted time in doing things that can't get you to the purpose and the plan and the will that I have for you. Don't waste what you think about. Don't waste what you meditate on. Don't spend the time in an area of waste. Spend that time in a moment where I can put something on the inside of you and take you out of what seems to be a place of waste and bring you into a place of blessing. I want to continue showing you through the Word of God. I believe a lot of Christians, a lot of sons and daughters of God are not living in their potential, not living in that place of blessing. And it's not because God doesn't want to bless them. It's because we don't have the ability to hear like we need to hear and be led as we need to be led. We've got to be one. Father, may they be one even as we are one. Waste. It means to use or spend carelessly. It means to have no purpose. But how many of you know that God has a way of telling you what you're going to be, what you're going to do, even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, all you've got to accept it and believe it by faith. Now look at Jeremy and say, we've dwelt here long enough. 
we've dwelt in this situation long enough and we're ready to get up for purpose. Amen. Now look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 says, He made known to us the mystery, the mystery of His will. The mystery of His will. He made known to us the mystery of His will. Father, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention, which He purposed, purposed, purposed in Him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heavens and things on earth and things in Him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. His purpose, His will. His purpose, His will. His purpose, His will. Not my will be done, but Thine be done. Amen. He repeats it to bring revelation. He says, may you be illuminated. You know what that, spirit, that word illuminated means? It means the, the word we get our English word for, for, for uh, uh, photography. It's the word for where a picture is taken and put on the inside of us. He wants to give you illumination for His will and His purpose on the inside of us that no matter what you go through, nothing is going to shake you from believing God and going on to fulfill His purpose and His plan. You know, His will and His purpose for us was for us to have this awesome facilities and this land, even when we were in a little building with a dozen people on Military Highway just eight years ago. Just a handful of people with a few instruments and a sound system that didn't work half the time and a big old roof and the, uh, and the ceiling falling down. The roof all rotted. But He said, I'll give you a new building I'll give you acreage right on a major highway. You just keep seeking my fulfillment and my plan. Amen, church. And he's got that for you. But you see, many times we're not in tune. And let me show you this. Let's go back to Isaiah 42. Please, you've got to see this. Isaiah chapter 42. What's wrong with my life? Why isn't it working? Isaiah chapter 42. Look at verse 18. What's wrong with my life? What's wrong with my life? Look at verse 18. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind? My servant. Who's deaf? My messengers. Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as God's servant? Seeing many things, seeing many things, but thou observest not. Opening ears, but heareth not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But look at verse 22. Because we're deaf, because we're blind, because we do not see, verse 22, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. 
There are all of them snared in holes. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivereth for a spoil, and none saith, Restore. Who among you will give ear to this? And who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Note this word down. Note this word down. In this same chapter, in the chapter after, we've already read twice. I want to speak to you. I want to reveal to you. I want to take you out of the waste places. I want to show you new things yet to come. And yet we say, what is wrong with my life? Why is it not working? Why does it seem like instead of blessing, it seems like I'm existing in the curse. Instead of getting better, it seems like it's getting worse. It says right here, you're not paying attention and hearing what I want to tell you. You know, there's something strong in America right now. It's the spirit of denial. I have the freedom of choice to believe even a lie if I want to. I have a choice to believe whatever I so desire because I can find, I can find as many reasons to believe in this thing as I can in the other. But it's the truth from Jesus that sets us free. And when we're hearing all these different things, I tell you, Hollywood... And what some man may even tell you may not be the Word of God that God wants to speak to you to set you free. Why am I spoiled? And listen, so many people say, well, that's a hard word. Let me tell you something. I'm serious here this morning. If we want to see and receive what God has for us, we're going to have to have ears to hear. And that means we're going to have to spend time in the presence of the Lord. And guess what? When we before God, when we go before God and we say, I want to know why my finances aren't better. I want to know why my family's not better. I want to know why my health is not better. I want to know why things are not better. It's amazing. God will not even speak about your finances. He will not speak about your body. He will not speak about your sickness. You know what he's going to do? He's going to want to speak about your heart. And when he starts speaking to us about our heart, then all of a sudden, the hardness and the callousness of being secluded and living according to what I see is right will start being stripped away so that now I can have a heart and I can have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Listen, Don't you go play with pornography and think that you're going to hear the voice of God who will get you out of the pit. Don't you go around fooling around with somebody else's wife or husband and think that God is going to be able to speak to you and bring you out. Don't be jealous and critical and speaking about others. Listen, I'm going to tell you even this year, things that happened last year, people speaking things against this church, it ricocheted and it backfired on them. Don't eat. I heard some people say, well, there's a spirit of infirmity in this church. Don't say nothing unless you know you heard from God because it will come back on you. Who gave you the word to speak over this body? It's got a spirit of infirmity. Who gave you the word to say it has a spirit of this or that or the other? Listen, if you haven't, no, if you don't know truly, you have heard from God, you better watch your word. And if you haven't received a word about your life or your family, you you better be careful what you say. He says, my people are spoiled and plundered and they're in a pit and they cannot get out. And they're wondering why. It's because you cannot see and you cannot hear what I want to show you, says the Lord. We want prayer. Pray for me. Get me out of this. 
If you can't hear from God for yourself, I can pray for you till you're bald three times over and your head shines like the sun. I can pray for you for the rest of your life and you'll still die and never walk in the purposes that God created for you to walk. Come on, this is gospel, church. Yeah, I wanted to come and just have a great time because we wanted to have a great and, and just explode and just preach and hallelujah and amen. But listen, if we don't start hearing from God ourselves, we will be plundered and spoiled. And then somebody's going to go around and say, you see, it just don't work. It didn't work. Not because the word's not true. It's because you didn't hear. Because you didn't listen. Because you didn't see. And when he said, there's no one as blind as my servant, that's not going to be me. I have ears to hear. I have eyes to see. And you say, well, you're not being awfully sensitive this morning. That's for sissies. That sensitivity stuff. Listen, we're in a war. We are in a battle. And the devil and demons are doing everything they can to try to attack the body of Christ. But the Lord is saying, I am raising up a remnant that is not wanting to hear what they're wanting to hear. Because if they hear what they want to hear, they'll never change and never be a son or daughter manifested full of my glory and with my might. I don't want to hear that when I think that way it's a sin. Don't, don't tell me what's a sin. Tell me what's a blessing. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Even you, God, don't look into my heart and reveal to me if there be any wicked way within me. Leave me the way everlasting. No, God. David prayed that. Look what it got him. I want to be blessed. And he says, I want you blessed. But how can you be truly blessed unless you hear my purpose, my plans, and my will for your life? Amen, church. Now, I'm going to teach you how to hear from God. I'm going to minister more of this Word to you. But church, we've got to understand, we've got to start OA out where I want to hear the voice of God like I've never heard it before. I want to be so sensitive that I get convicted and I blush at things I haven't blushed at in a long time. I want to walk before the Lord perfect starting the beginning of this year. It's quiet in here. But listen to this. Do you know what the word see means? In the Hebrew it means to feel and to experience. To understand and to enjoy for oneself. Okay, look at this. It says there in Isaiah... Isaiah 42. Hear ye deaf and look, ye blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, as deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but thou observest not. Now let's write down that word observe. I'm almost through here, but I've got to finish this. Write down that word observe. He's given us some clues here. You see many things, but you're not observing it. Opening the ears, but you're not hearing it. That word observe means to hedge in, to guard, to retain. Listen to this. 
I couldn't believe it. Seeing many things, but not observing. I looked up that word observe in the Hebrew, and it's the same word God used with Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And guess what word it is? It's the word keep. When God told Adam to keep the garden. We all, oh boy, if Adam wouldn't have goofed it. If Adam would have just kept the intruders out. If Adam would have just kept the devil out. Oh, if Adam would have just kept the garden, we all would be living in glory right now. And we talk about Adam not keeping the garden. But the Lord says, you're being plundered and spoiled because you're not keeping your mind. Just like Adam didn't keep the word of the devil out from his wife. He says, you're not observing or keeping the words of the enemy out of your mind and out of your heart. That's why you're observing things that lead to destruction instead of things that lead to death. But the second Adam came to kick the devil out of the garden. And to give us his mind so that when these things come, we can keep our mind, we can keep our holiness, and we can keep the purpose and the plans of God. But listen, I'm telling you right now, that's not an easy route to take. But he said, the way is narrow, the way is straight. It's not an easy way, but it is the way. Observed. Keep the enemy out. Keep those thoughts out. Keep the way of wickedness out. I'm not hearing what God is wanting to say, so I'm forfeiting God's plan and best for my life. But how many know, no more crumbs. No second best. We want the best of God. Let me just give you some scriptures as I close. Psalms 115 verse 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless Israel and he will bless the priesthood. The word mindful means he will remember, recollect, reflect, and mention his blessings more and more upon his people. In Matthew 6.33, especially in the Amplified Bible, it says all these things, when you seek first, when you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things shall be added unto you. Son, you got your wallet? You got any money? What you got? You got a 20? All right. You got a 10? You got another 10? You pay for lunch today. Ooh, give me that. He kept giving and giving. That's adding. I didn't stop asking with the 20. And he didn't stop giving when I asked again. That's adding. He says, seek first, see and hear the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. Why? Thank you, buddy. Because the Lord is mindful of you. He, got his, he has his plan and his purpose is all set for you. Psalm, listen to this. Psalms 1830. Psalms 1830. You've got to memorize this. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried, and He is a buckler to those who trust Him. Amen? The word perfect. Now, write this definition down. This is so important. The word perfect there. His way is perfect. Say that with me. His way, His way. is perfect. perfect. The word perfect means 
having everything needed to carry out to the end. His way has everything needed to carry out to the end. Perfect. I find God's way. I find God's results. The word perfect means having no defects and it's settled in our heart. The word proven means it has stood the test of time, stood the test of adversity, and it stands under pressure. 2 Samuel 22:31 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a bucker to all them that trust in Him. And I love Psalms 27:11. Teach me thy way. And you know what's amazing about that word teach in the Hebrew? It means gush and pour. It's the word pour. Pour water. Waters, I'm sorry. It says, pour out waters upon me continually. Pour out revelation and wisdom and counsel of your way. Pour it out upon me as waters. I want gushing. I don't want just a little word. Oh, just give me a gushing force of water. Give me a gushing force of your word. Give me all you got, Father. Just fill me overflowing. Fill my cup to overflowing. I want you just to pour revelation, knowledge, and understanding upon me. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me. Lead. They that are led by the Spirit, all the sons of God. And lead me in a plain path. Now, I like the word lead here in the Hebrew. It means transport me. You don't like where you are? Beam me up, Scotty. Transport me. You know what the word lead means? The cloud of fire by night and the pillar of the cloud by day. Moses says, I'm not going. Unless you go. I'm not moving unless you move. The way of the Lord is perfect. Teach me to know thy ways. Let's stand upon our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.